You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after an exciting night for the Atlanta Braves. A win they very much needed to avoid a sweep against the L.A. Dodgers. And they get it in walk-off fashion, 4-3, to three, to salvage the finale of this three-game series. we got a lot to talk about on this edition of the postcast. The great pitching from Bryce Elder, who was able to face a very tough lineup and limit them. Some key hits and moments for the Braves offense, which is, of course, good to see. A couple of Braves hitters in particular who might be figuring a couple things out at the plate. We'll talk all about that. And, of course, get you set up for a four-game series as the homestand continues and the Philadelphia Phillies roll into Truist Park on Thursday. Before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe on YouTube to Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Enable the notifications. Hit the bell so that you'll get notified every time we drop a new episode. Go ahead. Hit that like button. A walk-off win deserves a like. Go ahead and do it. Shameless plug. Shameless request but we appreciate it all the same. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and make sure you subscribe to Locked on Braves wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Jake, as we were talking momentarily, just before we jumped on here, it doesn't really matter how it happens. The Braves just needed a win to happen on Wednesday. Yeah, I begin with the way the week has gone. You just needed a win any which way you could get it. Maybe still wasn't their best performance of the year, but hey, at the end of the game, they had more runs than the other team. And Grant, when you do that, good things happen. I've heard that column is the most important column on a daily basis, that column being the run column. And the Braves did get the best of the Dodgers finally in one of these three games. It was game number 49 of the year for the Braves as we jump inside the line score and the box score for this one. Dodgers with a loss dropped to 31-20. and 20. Three runs on 12 hits, no errors. They left 10 men on base. Braves, meanwhile, 30-19. and 19. Four runs on just five hits, no errors, and three men left aboard for the Braves who got the home run ball working to help them to uh, – at least get the offense jump-started a bit during this game. We'll talk about some key home runs in a moment. Rysel Iglesias pitched a scoreless ninth inning. He picks up the win as the Braves walk it off, courtesy of Ozzie Albies. Phil Bickford was on the mound for the Dodgers, takes the loss, drops to 1-2. and two. Game lasted 2 hours, 42 minutes, 37,838 paid to see it at Truist Park. And, Jake, I would say that they saw a good one in this game. It was more of the evenly matched back-and-forth battle. We had two pitchers on the mound that, aren't really known for lighting up the radar guns, maybe like Spencer Strider and Bobby Miller were in the middle contest. But Bryce Elder, able to kind of do the thing that he's done in every start this year, pitch around the strike zone, limit the hard contact, at least allowing it to find any homes out into the outfield grass, and keep the Dodgers off balance to navigate his way through six innings in this one. And, of course, Tony Gonsolin, he's been known to do that thing as well. He had a nice scoreless inning streak that the Braves snapped in this game. Yeah, I think you're right on with the contrast between what we saw in Tuesday's game and Wednesday's game. Very different styles between these two pitchers. Because you look at Tony Gonsolin's analytics and you're thinking, how does this guy have a sub-2 ERA? Mm -hmm. And I think you'd probably do the same with Bryce Elder. But the key for both those guys is I think they know how to pitch. They know how to manipulate the baseball and create weak contact. And you look at what Bryce Elder did in this game. What he's done a lot this year and really, you know, since he came back up at the end of last year, he gave up a lot of contact. He gave up seven hits, but one extra base hit. And I think that's the key with somebody like Bryce Elder. He's going to give up his hits, but most of the time he's going to limit them to single bases. And that's exactly what he was able to do in this game. And it's why he was able to hold down that Dodgers offense. So that's key for him. Obviously, only the one walk as well. If you're going to give up those those singles, but you're going to compound it with walks and hit batters, that's when you're going to get into a lot of trouble. But 
when you're throwing strikes, you're not walking batters, you can deal with a single here or there. Braves got some big double plays. This time they were turning them in this game to help them get out of some jams as well. So that was nice. So, uh, yeah, just Elder, what he's done all year long. And, I mean, the guy had 2.01 ERA. I don't know at what point we start actually looking at him as maybe somewhat of a Cy Young candidate. I know he doesn't have those dominating type numbers, but uh, that ERA, it looks pretty good. Well, at the very least, maybe he'll get a little all-star consideration. Who knows? There's a long way to go until the Cy Young voting begins. And, of course, we know Zach Gallon will be keeping score of that. But that's a different story for a different time. But, yeah, you're right about the Braves' defense in this game. There was a beautiful 6-4-3 double play up the middle, started by Arcia to Ozzy Albies over to Matt Olson to help get Bryce Elder out of, I believe it was a fourth-inning jam. And you brought up uh, you know, the hits that were given up early on. There were two hits a frame, basically, for Bryce Elder as he was working out of trouble each one of the first three innings, the seventh and final hit he gave up, of course, was the Mookie Betts home run, but he did a really nice job, and the Braves defense came to play tonight, not only with Arcia making that great grab, but Austin Riley had himself, I thought, well, one of his best nights of the season, and no, he didn't hit a 480-foot home run in this game, but he was swinging the bat extremely well, a couple of doubles for him, scored the game-winning run, and he was flashing the leather at third base in support of Bryce Elder tonight. Yeah, and again, I talked about it on the podcast Wednesday. The Braves' defense has statistically at least been one of the worst in all of baseball this year. And I said it at the end of yesterday's postcast, if they were going to win this game, defense had to be on their toes behind Bryce Elder. So it was great to see them step up to the plate You know, after a rough night on Tuesday to really back him up with some good plays behind him. You need that with a Bryce Elder-type pitcher out there. Because like I said, he is going to give up a lot of contact, and there's going to be a lot of weak contact. You need to be able to make those plays behind him. And fortunately, they were able to do it on this night. Yeah, no, they were able to make all the plays that they needed to. Of course, the zero in the error column tells you that things probably went all right, but we saw more than okay glove play against the Dodgers in Game 3 of the series. For Elder, final line, six innings, seven hits, the one run on the solo home run, one walk, seven strikeouts. You look at the hits. Okay, well, the Dodgers were able to put the bat on the ball, but I think with this lineup, we'd expect him to do that. But I look at that walk column, and that tells me that Bryce Elder did not compound matters and make things any worse. I know he hit a batter as well, but not really handing out a couple of free passes to start an inning and then really putting himself on the ropes where a single here or there really could hurt you and allow the Dodgers' offense to get rolling. I thought Bryce was able to do a very nice job. 101 pitches, 66 strikes for him. Uh, then in giving way to the Atlanta bullpen, things were going pretty well thanks to a Go ahead, two-run homer by Marcelo Zuna. We'll get to some of his exploits and, of course, how the Braves won this thing eventually. And, oh, yeah, a home run that Matt Olson hit that may not have landed. But the Braves' bullpen did kind of do the bend-but-don't-break thing. Uh, Nick Anderson uh, ran into trouble in the eighth inning. A couple of runs allowed. Miguel Vargas was the man who tied it up for the Dodgers. No, it wasn't Freddie Freeman. It wasn't Mookie Betts. It wasn't Chris Taylor. It wasn't Max Muncy. I, I could go on and on. It was Miguel Vargas with a double down the left field line that had a 110 expected batting average. Jake, I know we talk a little bit about these stats and how unlucky sometimes pitchers can be or just how lucky the other team was just in the uh, as far as the batted ball is concerned. I mean, you got to put the bat on it to give yourself a chance. But those are the kind of things that once they start to happen, you start thinking, oh my goodness, here we go again. Yeah, frustrating one for Nick Anderson. And look, it's tough out of the bullpen and we've been you know, kind of slow to be concerned about them and rightfully so because the guys have got it done but now you kind of look at it and it's like who do you who do you really trust I mean Jesse Chavez is coming out in the seventh inning in a 3-1 game for you right now I think that tells you the level of trust that Snicker has with some of those guys out there in that bullpen Nick Anderson's been great all year long 
A little bit of a rough one for him here, but that pitch to Mikel Vargas is a foot inside, and he's able to right. get the bat on it and for a double. I mean, that's just – I don't know. You tip your cap. I don't know what you do there, but you get frustrated. You I know that because, yeah, I mean, he, he makes a pitch – way inside and he's somehow able to get a barrel on it and 77 mile per hour double uh just you know that kind of stuff will happen to you he put himself in a jam before that you know as well to put him in that situation but yeah the bullpen you know it's, it's a bit questionable right now when arms come out now iglesias you know he put himself in a little bit of trouble as well but i am still feeling much better about him at this point and glad to see him be able to get out of that jam in the ninth inning yeah, a little pop fly that fell out there. Eddie Rosario coming full steam. But, you know, at, at that point, you kind of are making sure that nothing gets over your head that allows Freddie Freeman to make his way around and score. But, you know, regardless, Iglesias was able to work out of trouble. And, of course, the Braves were able to walk it off in the bottom half of that frame. We'll continue on talking about what the Braves offense was doing on this night after I tell you about one of our great sponsors because this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the most comfortable, functional, versatile shorts you'll ever find. They feel great. They fit great. you got to try these out and find out for yourself. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. Enter the promo code LockedOnMLB. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB, promo code LockedOnMLB. Uh, Braves batting in this one. Key hits from guys that you might start to expect some things like this in the month of May, I think, from Marcelo Zuna. But before we got there, the early run that went on the board was a titanic home run by Matt Olson. It broke up Tony Gonsolin's no-no, and it landed on the roof of the chop house 456 feet away. Jake, you don't see too many land up there. No, and Matt Olson definitely can do it. I think when the Braves traded for him, a lot of people were talking about the fact he could go on top of that chop house several times, so he has that type of power, but just good to see you know him get a big swing like that for the Braves. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but Austin Riley had the hardest hit ball of he the did. night as well. Those two had the two hardest hit balls of the night, and so Again, we've been talking about it, I think, for a week now where we're starting to see signs of these guys coming out of it. And, and obviously would be great. I know Matt Olson, tough night the night before, but you know he's been better over the last week or so. Riley has now had a couple of really good swings that he's been able to go down and get the ball and drive it into the left field gap. So I think very good, encouraging signs for both of those guys. Yeah, no, great to see that. And now, of course, Marcelo Zuna able to do something again in the month of May that if you look back to what this time about a month ago, you'd be wondering if we had a misprint in how this, this game was like written out because uh, wait, go ahead to run Homer by who Marcel's uh, his seventh home run of this month, ninth of the year to run blast to put the Braves on top in the bottom of the fifth inning. He did of course catch Will Smith on the backswing because Smith kind of jumped up uh, I think to get out of his crouch real quick, but uh, Marcel didn't spend too much time lingering at home plate. He instead was able to enjoy a leisurely stroll around the bases. Braves went up 3-1. to one. Again, the Dodgers tied it in the eighth with their two runs. That set up the ninth inning, and we saw Austin Riley. You alluded to it. Hardest hit ball of the night. A bullet double to put himself in scoring position to start that frame. Able to get over to third base thanks to a very nice job by Travis Darnot to put the ball in play to the right side. Intentional walk to Dodgers killer Eddie Rosario. And that set up Ozzie Albies for the sack fly to bring home Austin Riley for a very much needed 4-3 victory over the Dodgers to avoid the sweep, kind of get the momentum back at least a little bit, you know, and you never want to get swept. You never want to lose for that matter. You certainly don't want to lose three times in a row, and you don't want to be doing that at home with a big four-game series against a division rival looming. So a lot of good things happened with that ninth inning. Austin Riley, though, let's talk a little bit about what he's been doing lately. Two for four here tonight. 
batting 342 in his last 10 games with six extra base hits, I think. And I wrote about this some as well. Austin Riley seems to have been putting all that hard work into practice here at the plate. And it looks like he's starting to come out of that swoon that he was in for three or four weeks. Yeah. And I mentioned, you know, the fact that those pitches down and in, he's able to get under those baseballs. Now we've Mm -hmm. seen it several times over the last, as you said, 10 days now, I think where that's, you know, those, that's the area that was really giving him troubles when he was in that slump, he was topping all those balls, grounding out on those pitches down and in. And now we're starting to see him be able to get the lift on those balls, drive it in the left center field gap, drive it into the left field corner. And, you know, that's Austin Riley when he's going well. He's going to be able to drive those balls because look, before he was hitting him hard, but it was kind of like Acuna last year. He wasn't getting that launch angle in the right spot, and he just kept grounding out to the left side. Yeah. When he's going, you're seeing him drive the ball into that left center field and, like I said, left, uh, corner, left field corner gap. So uh, it's great to see. Again, I think he is coming out of it. And, again, I think we've alluded to it over the last week or so that there's just been these little signs and – I don't want to say he's fully out of it yet because I really don't want to jinx it. But again, you just mentioned the numbers over the last 10 games. He's hit more like Austin Riley and couldn't come at a better time for the Braves right now. Hopefully get going here. Now, let me assure you, you can't jinx it by tweeting about it. I don't think you can jinx it by talking about it on the show because the hopes are that Austin Riley has broken out of this. You raise your batting average, what, 22 points uh, over the last, what, 10 or so days. And over that 10-day span, OPSing about 900 as well. He's got those extra base hits going. Haven't seen the home runs just yet, but you know, that line drive double to left looked awfully familiar from the 2021 NLCS when Austin Riley was up to some good things for the Braves against that very same Dodgers team. Speaking of somebody up to something good late in this game, eighth inning, it happened for Michael Harris. He broke his hitless streak at 24 at-bats with a single to left. Chipper Jones have been talking about this earlier in the day. I know Mark Bowman of MLB.com tweeted it. Just start hitting some line drives at shortstop. I joked a little bit about this. That sounds awfully a lot like the Freddie Freeman batting practice approach, and it certainly translates in the game. So if Michael Harris wants to steal a little page out of a book that may have come from Chipper that was passed down to Freddie that now ends up with Michael Harris, that could be the start of something good for this kid, or at the very least, just getting the monkey off his back, getting back out there on base with a swing that actually finds some green out in the outfield. Yeah, I said it on here before, and it's cliche to say, but when Michael Harris is going good, he's driving the ball the other way. And I think you can say that just about all hitters. But for Harris, I think that's definitely true because that's what we saw for him last year when I did my deep dive on him earlier in the week. That's kind of what I alluded to. He's still hitting the ball the other way. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of pop-ups the other way. Not a lot of line drives. And that's what Chipper Jones was talking about in that interview is trying to get him to uh, hit it through the shortstop, hit those line drives the other way. So when he gets to doing that, like I said, I think he's going to take off. I think it's, I think it's going to come and I think it's going to come pretty yep. soon. I think Michael I Harris is going to break out of this and we're going to see him go on a, you know, a really good run and start helping this Braves team out offensively and become that dynamic force that he was last season. Dan, I'll give you a really scientific reason why I think it's going to happen, and that's because he's too good for it to keep going the way it's been going. I think that yeah. can be said for Austin Riley, for Matt Olson. I mean, the Braves have a very talented lineup. It does not make them immune to slumps and cold spells and the adjustments that go on that you have to make inside of a game and, of course, inside of a long season as well. And hopefully Michael's on the road to racking up a few more of those base hits so he can forget all about the 0 for 24 that he was uh, riding into the eighth inning on Wednesday's game. Uh, we got to get you set for the four-game series against the Phillies. Before we do, though, I need to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Stop throwing money away, cancel those unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. 
Get started on that today. Braves, meanwhile, will be in action on Thursday. I can confirm all the reports. There is no bullpen game scheduled for Thursday. The bullpen may have to work, but Dylan Dodd, a starting pitcher, is going to be called up from Gwinnett to start this game. I think that's a relief for the bullpen. It's probably a relief for Braves fans, the team, just about everybody on the Braves side of things is those bullpen games have been an incredible tax. And not only have they not resulted in some wins, though there have been some various factors in it, it's just something that's not sustainable. So Dylan Dodd, 2-1 and one on the year in his time with Atlanta. Uh, he will be facing the righty Aaron Nola. The Braves know him very well. He's 4-3 and three on the year. Phillies roll into town. Should be fun to see these NLE's rivals go at it uh, for the first time this year. Yeah, both teams coming off walk-offs as well on Wednesday. So both of them coming in kind of on a high note. But we talked about the struggles at the bullpen right now. And I think part of it is the fact that a lot's been asked of them early on with all these bullpen games with, you know, early in the season, they had these young starters not going deep into games. So I think that's part of it. That's why, you know, I'm glad to see Dylan Dodd come up here. Maybe he only goes three or four innings, but still want to see him get that opportunity. And, you know, it seemed like everything was pointing to this. He wasn't obviously on the list for Gwinnett starters this week. He was, this is on his regular rest day. Mm -hmm. So made a lot of sense. It kind of seemed like this is the way things were going. We'll see what the move is. Who's going to get removed out of the bullpen for him. I'm sure they'll announce that. Uh, on Thursday morning sometime. Um, but good to see Dylan get another opportunity. Hopefully he can learn from what he has done earlier in the year, kind of like Jared Schuster. And yep. Dylan Dodd had a pretty solid start his last time out, a quality start if I remember uh, yep. correctly. So, uh, again, hopefully we see good things from him, get this uh, division series off on the right foot. Yeah, quality start from Dylan Dodd against Miami in his last big league appearance. He's taken some lumps down in AAA, but I think Brian Snitker has said this, and it's just worth throwing out there. And I think we're all kind of in this boat. If you could just get four or five innings out of these guys, you know, you can help at least bridge the gap because the problem with the bullpen games has been the Braves don't have that guy that can come in and throw four or five innings in relief for you. I think that they stretched a couple of guys out beyond their means, and it may have, you know, adversely affected some performance. It may have landed Dylan Lee on the injured list. I mean, there's just a lot of things that haven't gone right in these bullpen games to uh, put it lightly. So it's good to see a starter called upon to jump into rotation. I don't want to get into a long discussion here, but I think we've all seen over the last 24 hours, Michael Soroka at 96 pitches. I asked Brian Snitker before this game, what else, if anything, do you need to see that indicates that Soroka is ready to rejoin the big league rotation? He said, look, we needed to see him get to 100 pitches or close to it to be able to cover the innings that we're going to need from him. And it looks like he's doing that. Alex Anthopoulos was at that start in Gwinnett to watch it. I can promise you if Alex is going to watch something, there's a very good reason for that. So hopefully, knock on wood, uh, Michael Soroka has an opportunity soon to perhaps help the Braves out in rotation. But it's Dylan Dodd, Aaron Nola, game one of a four-game series on Thursday at Truist Park against the Philadelphia Phillies. 7.20 p.m. Eastern time is that first pitch. Braves, though, able to walk it off against the L.A. Dodgers to close out this series with a 4-3 win. And we appreciate you joining us and letting us tell you all about it here on the Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, hit the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode, and make sure you hit that like button. We really appreciate that. And if you enjoy the show, tell a friend and make sure to subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the postcast and all the other great content Jake has for you year-round. That's Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, the Braves 4-3 winners on Wednesday. They start a four-game set with the Phillies on Thursday, and we'll be back uh, throughout the weekend to talk to you all about it. He's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley. We'll catch you next time. So long, everyone. 
Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 